Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Now, here on this podcast, we discuss various topics, okay, many different topics. We talk about politics, we talk about race, we talk about culture, we talk about music, we talk about movies, we talk about life, we talk about everything here on this podcast, and I am the host of it. My name is Shakira. If you are not new to this, if you are true to this, and you've been a part of our Carefree family, welcome back. I love you. Thank you for coming back to listen to me for another week. I promise you it does not go unnoticed. And I truly, truly cannot thank you enough for everything that you all do. I mean, you listen and that's enough for me. So thank you all for that. Now, if you are new here, if it's your first time hearing my voice, if a friend told you about it or if you just happen to find the podcast on accident, just know that it was not on accident. It was on purpose. And thank you for giving it a chance. You didn't have to do it, but here you are. And I hope that you find it, you know, good enough or well enough or you relate enough to go ahead and join our Carefree family by subscribing. When you subscribe, you'll be notified every single time we have a new episode here. And that is every Tuesday at 9 a.m. So go ahead, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode, whether you are on your way to work, whether you're at work on them people job listening to this episode, whether you are in your car, whether you're exercising, whatever you're doing, enjoy yourself. And I hope that you stay tuned for the rest of the episode. It is the last episode of February. I thought we had two more being that it was a leap year but we don't have two more left in february this is the last one in our black history um series we have going on but i do have some good news coming up next in our carefree updates all right guys we have a few carefree updates to get to this week um some good some not so good i guess let's just start with the not so good so we can just build our way up here okay um and not end on a bad note so first things first i'm sure you all have already seen the news the rapper pop smoke he passed um a few days ago now uh i was on twitter i literally woke up and see this is why i have been starting my day with meditations and prayer before i touch my phone at least i have been trying and i've been on a roll so far for about two good weeks um and maybe that's something that you all may want to consider from this week forward just starting your day with meditation and prayer putting your phone when you go to sleep at night put your phone like across the room plug it up across the room somewhere or put it on the floor so that when you roll over it's not just second nature to pick up your phone automatically and start your day with all of that negativity and other people's energy and inputs and stuff like that but 
the other day I um, woke up, did what I had to do, picked up my phone. I get on Twitter and I see all of these people like talking about the same thing, but I didn't know what exactly they were talking about. So I hit the explore button on Twitter and I see that he was shot and killed in Hollywood Hills. And at first they were saying that it was a robbery. And then some people were saying it was a targeted hit. He had thrown a house party in the house earlier that night. And that is how the people that came back later had the address and knew where he was. And I have seen some reports that said that nothing was taken. So that's not a robbery. That is a targeted hit. And no one else that was in the home. I don't know if he was by himself. I don't know. I didn't listen to his music. But I see now that he was definitely on his way to the top. A few people I have seen um say that he reminded them of 50 cent and listen i used to love some 50 cent back in the day i just had not caught the wave of his music yet i'm one of those people that um it's it's kind of hard to get me to listen to new artists i'm much more like a if i already know what kind of music they make i'll listen to their new stuff but it's very very hard for me to listen to new artists because I mean so much music today sounds the same but I have seen so many people say that his music did not sound like um what is being played and made today so my condolences to his family I did read one of his interviews you know after it happened where he was talking about his sisters and how his sisters made such an impact on how he treats people and how he's more aware of people's feelings and who they are as a person and how he talks to people because his sisters made him aware of that and man my heart just my heart just ached and it still aches today when I found out that news you know I just feel like we have been getting hit with the one-two punch left and right left and right you know him and he was such a crucial figure I believe in like Brooklyn and New York and I believe that's where he was born and raised I'm not sure correct me if I'm wrong but you know I just I can't imagine losing someone from the neighborhood you know and it very much so reminds me of when Nipsey was shot and killed not even a year ago a year is coming up but you know you see these people that are trying to be successful that are trying to make a change and make a difference um, and do something different for themselves and then to have people that just have no respect of person people that don't care about what you're trying to do don't care who you are actually they do care who you are because if they didn't care who you are they wouldn't care enough to kill you and it's just like I don't understand how people can take it upon themselves to take another person's life like I will for the life of me I will never understand that so my condolences to him and he was 20 years old y'all I man I have nieces and nephews that are that age and I have one that is 18 you know she's almost 20 and I just can't imagine you know a young person's life just being taken away so early it's so sad it will never not be sad to me so my condolences to him and if you are a fan my prayers are with you during this time as you grieve and remember I told you all with Kobe the same thing it is okay to grieve someone that you may have never met and never known personally you are human it is okay and if you need to talk to somebody reach out and ask for help all right now next on the carefree updates not only pop smoke passed but um Esther oh my gosh Janet Dubois 
she passed. She was um, one of the stars from Good Times. And then another star passed as well. Esther Scott. Esther Scott, she passed at 66 years old. If you watched um, almost any black movie from the early to 2000s to late, like, 1999s you know Esther she was in You Got Served she was in Senseless she was in Boys in the Hood she was in so many movies and I think she was um on Dream Girls as well because I always think about the bus scene when she puts her foot out when Eddie Murphy is trying to go down the aisle and she puts her foot out and she's like this is Hollywood back here I believe that was her as well but anyway my condolences to everyone who has passed and their families and friends and fans during this time now I told y'all we were gonna start kind of mellow so we can work our way back up I am proud and excited to announce that okay remember at the beginning of the month and I asked you all what did you want did you want like a a YouTube kind of situation or a podcast situation that was solely dedicated to black history moments of forgotten black figures that we don't know about or have forgotten about over time Um, And even situations and places and things that have occurred that we don't give enough recognition. So I have been working on that. I have been working on that diligently. And that is going to be a new podcast. You all wrote me. Thank you to the ones that wrote me and gave me your opinion and was like, Shakira, I feel like you should do this. And then I asked you questions like, okay, well, what do you think about this? And you gave me feedback. So thank you. I appreciate it for answering the call. So we're going to do a separate podcast because I just I don't want this podcast to become that this started as something, you know, completely different, more self-help development as a person um, and us just talking, you know, getting to know each other and the culture and learning about, you know, black folks and people of color as well. So that is the purpose of this podcast and I want this to remain that like more relaxed and you know just laid back and then you have a separate platform that is solely dedicated to black history facts so I will be announcing that new podcast very very soon so please keep listening in the coming weeks because I'm gonna link you all to that because so many of you all um (laughs) for lack of better words, have been hunting me down um, throughout throughout this month because I have been posting Black History Facts on my Instagram stories every single day. I actually did miss one day this week. That was last night because I was preparing to direct and shoot my first commercial by myself. I did that this morning. Um, Yeah, I'm proud of myself. I'm patting myself on the back right now as I speak. If you all are familiar with me, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that that is what I want to do. I want to get into, um, not get into, I guess I'm in it now, girl. (laughs) Um, I really want to go towards film and television production and things like that. And I mean, I just feel so blessed. And I went to sleep last night. I was kind of worried. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of worried because... I was like, it's, I'm by myself, I'm alone, I'm handling the camera by myself, I'm directing this thing by myself. 
What if they feel like I'm not competent enough? So, and I'm sharing this with you all so that you know that you are not alone. Shakira, yes, me, I, we, she has these feelings as well. I do have feelings of like not being capable enough, not knowing enough. What if this happens? What if that happens? And I had those thoughts throughout the night. Um, I stayed up very late. I was watching videos of stuff I already knew about just because I wanted to be super sure that I knew about them. And I, you know, when I started to work myself up into a frenzy, I pulled out my journal that I write my thoughts in. And, you know, I just wrote about how thankful I was for this opportunity. And I was telling myself, you know, if the person who linked me with this opportunity did not feel like I was capable or aware enough or knew enough about this field. They wouldn't trust me enough to do this by myself. So I'm just so happy. You know, I went to school for this. Like I went to grad school for this and for it to just be all coming to past is such a blessing to me. And I'm getting overwhelmed just talking about it right now. And not only that, I am going to share with you all now, because by the time you hear this, Some of you, y'all listen, y'all listen at nine o'clock on dot every Tuesday. I see the numbers going. So if you're listening to this right now, Tuesday at 9 a.m., I am on a flight back, Lord's willing. I'm on a flight back from Columbus, Ohio, back home because I spoke at Columbus, Ohio Monday. So this coming Monday, I will be in Columbus, Ohio for their African-American Heritage Festival that they have annually. And they trusted me enough (laughs) to be on a panel that is talking about issues within the black community and open discussion about like colorism, texturism, pan-Africanism, the experience of just being black. And I'm excited about it and I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, I'm just giving y'all a life update as I talk. So that's what's going on with me. I hope that you all are continuing to walk in your purpose and not letting things that don't matter hinder you from the things that do matter and the things that matter are things that make you happy and the things that bring you joy and the things that you know I'm learning and this is about to turn into a whole new podcast that is not about our series but I just feel it imperative to just say this right now I'm learning day and day that it is less about money right funds then it is about being happy with what you do and I know that money is important we all have bills we got loans student loans listen I got them but you know the more I guess the more money I come across the less and less it matters to me not saying I don't want it Okay, listen, because I do, I need it. I got to pay back Sally Mae. But it's just that when you are doing what you love, man, it is no better feeling than this. And I just feel like I just need to be pinched. (laughs) Like I need to wake up or something because it's unreal. It's unreal. And then, you know, I grew up with one of my grandmothers was a maid. Another one of my grandmothers was a waitress. They both had several children, and I mean, mainly my parents didn't grow up having a whole lot, like, at all. So, it's just crazy to me, and I just know that my grandmothers would be so proud of me, and I think about the sacrifices that they made 
you know, being a maid and a waitress and cleaning up after people and stuff like that and still providing for their homes and their children. And I just, you know, I just know that they would be so proud of me right now. And I really wish that both of them were alive to even see this right now. But that's another story for another day. I'm not going to talk y'all head off with that. That's it for our carefree updates. We're going to have a break for our sponsors of the show. And then we'll be back to continue our Black History series. And I'll tell you all who we're talking about this week. See you in a few. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so let's hop into our topic of the day. If you've been listening all month, you know that we are at the end of the road, cue boys to men, um, of our Black History Moments series, but don't be alarmed. You're going to have a separate podcast with weekly episodes, just like this one. It's not going to come out on Tuesdays, though. I haven't came up with a day. I don't know if Friday should be like a good day to release a podcast or if Thursday is a better day or maybe Saturday I'm not sure yet um I believe that people just listen to podcasts when they see fit but being you know a marketer and someone who went to school for marketing as well it's kind of hard for me to not think of things outside of like time stamps dates times and things like that and just think about it like a regular person so I don't know what that yet but you are going to have a separate platform dedicated to this so don't worry this isn't the last time you're going to hear from me talking about black history figures that you may have not heard about before so the first Um, episode in this series we covered Esther Jones. Esther Jones was the I mean to be honest the inspiration behind the character Betty Boop and I tell you the story of how that happened who she was and what you know occurred in between and how she was forgotten almost well she was forgotten until we bringing her back and then the second episode in the series we talked about Mary Ellen Pleasant. Mary Ellen Pleasant was who a lot of people in San Francisco refer to as the mother of civil rights. Um, Let's see. uh, Mary Ellen Pleasant was a millionaire. (laughs) Sis had that bag and she, you know, she was just great. So there is an episode about her. That is the episode that says Mary Ellen Pleasant say a boss up. The third episode, which is the episode from last week, we talked about um Miss Valdez we talked about Miss Valdez Miss Valdez was Zelda Zelda Wayne Valdez I told y'all I have been doing this every day on my story on Instagram so names I can see people's faces but sometimes the name doesn't directly jump out at me Zelda was a um stylist she was a dressmaker a costumer she worked with the Harlem Nance Theater she is the reason that today we have point shoes and tights and leotards that are you know the color of ballet dancers skin she is the genius behind that she is the genius behind the iconic playboy bunny suit she is the uh, mastermind behind Nat King Cole's wife Maria her wedding dress that was 
so beautifully designed and she put the girls on like she used to dress um Dorothy Dangerage or the kid so many of them so if you haven't listened to that one that one was last week's episode and that one was titled um I believe it was like ballet dancers playboy bunnies and something else oh my so that one was about her now this week you know I struggled because I told you all last week I was like I feel like I should talk about some men like I'm leaving the men out the men were just as much as you know a part of these different movements going on as the women were but what I was struggling with internally was like whose story do I want to save for the other podcast to be honest like I have just been thinking that this entire month like no, that story is too good. It needs to go on the other podcast. No, I can't tell them about this and it needs to go on the other podcast. So honestly, to be honest, not that the stories that we've covered this month don't mean anything, but I just felt like they fit more so here. And then there are so many other ones that I am planning to put on the other podcast and they're just going to live there. And I want them to live there cohesively, which is why I was struggling. Like, who are we going to talk about? So this week I decided that we are going to talk about a man. His name was Vernon. Vernon Johns. Vernon Johns. Now, I had never heard about Vernon Johns before until last week. Last week, I attended a black history program at my father's church, my dad's church, and um, it's a very, like, small country church okay and when I say small country church think about like churches in the south where you know you got two you got pews on one side you have pews on the other side and it's no more than 10 pews on either side so and you know it's like a wood floor so when people stomp their feet like you can feel it and you can hear it so imagine that so I'm sitting there and you know at the end of the black history program the pastor he asked like um you know, does anyone else have any black history they want to share that we may not know about? So my dad stands up and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to know what he's talking about. And he tells this story and I'm like, I have never heard this a day in my life. I lived with you for 20 some odd years. Why have you never told me this? So I went and read about it myself and he told me more about it later and who Vernon Johns was. And I was like, okay, I got to tell my people who he was so they can be put on game as well. Um, let me see. Spoiler alert and fair warning. I, um, I don't want anyone to be offended by anything I'm about to say. During this episode, I was also very careful with my words when I posted this on my Instagram story as well because I didn't want anyone to be offended by the things that I was saying, but I mean, let's just keep it real. Let's keep it 100. Let's keep it 1000. Let's keep it G. It is what it is. Okay? So, don't be offended. I'm just telling the story. Don't shoot the messenger. So basically, Vernon Johns, he was born April 22nd, 1892. His father, his father's name was Willie Johns. And his father, he was a farmer, a peddler, and he was also a Baptist preacher. I want you to remember that he was a farmer, okay? Because it's going to be relevant later on, you know, as we get more into Vernon's life. So Vernon... He grew up, he was working on his father's farm, farm, not his farm, his farm, and he grew up loving the gospel, loving the word, and I read a few places that he would, when he was a little boy, I'm talking like five years old, four or five years old, he would like be on people's porches he would stand on tree stumps like anywhere he could get where he could get a little height on him 
he would just stand there and speak loudly and tell people about Christ and the Lord and just like preach to people. So, I mean, I thought that that just tickled my spirit because I could just see it in my head. I could just see a little boy like that. So after, you know, this time passes and he goes to um, seminary school. So seminary school because he wants to become a pastor. He wants to study the word more. So he was there. (laughs) He went to uh, Boyton Academic and Bible Institute. And he also went to Virginia Theological Seminary in college. And this was in 1915. After he graduated from um, Virginia Theological Seminary, he went to Oberlin Seminary. So don't be confused by the names, okay? I know it's a lot of names. So while he was at Oberlin, he started um, teaching. He was teaching there. And his students and the other faculty at the student at the uh, at the school, they you know respected him and everything like that. Uh, after he left Oberlin, he, and I'm laughing because I'm getting to a point in his life that just tickled me. Um, after he left Oberlin, he goes to the University of Chicago's Graduate School of Theology. He studied a lot, y'all. Okay, I commend him because I don't have it in me. So after he left Chicago. He moved throughout Virginia, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania to preach, okay? So while he was um, teaching at one of these institutions, Mr. Johns, you know, ran across some issues because he would be so strict and stern with the students. And so the students kind of banded together to have him put out of the school because they weren't having it. Like, I... I can kind of see the kind of person he was because I went to um, a school where the administrators did not play. <laughs> they were, you know, black people. It was all black school. And I, I think they just felt like they had to be tough on us. So I get where the students were coming from, but I also get where he was coming from. You know, as you get older, you start to understand like the gospel song says, you understand it by and by. So as you get older, you start to understand more by and by. And, you know, I get it now that I've gotten older. But when I was younger, baby, I was like, oh, my gosh, who are these people? Who do they think they're talking to? They don't have to talk to us like that. And sometimes some of them didn't have to talk to us like that. It was very disrespectful. But for the most part, um, it was just ego involved. So anyway, let me get back to Mr. Vernon. It's not about me. So Vernon, um, they forced him to resign from the school, basically. And this was Lynchburg, Virginia's Theological Seminary College. They forced him to resign from the school. And he returns to his family farm for four years. So in these four years, he meets Altona Trent. Altona Trent becomes his wife. She is a pianist. She's a music teacher. And eventually she becomes a professor at the university, at Alabama State University, not the University of Alabama. So, you know, before she starts, you know, before she gets this um, position at Alabama State University, um, they're living at home, okay? He's working the farm, he's working the land and stuff, and he is also, um, he becomes a pastor of a church. I don't know what the name of the church was, but they forced him to resign as well. So you can kind of see how people felt about Vernon, even when he was still up north. I'm not even sure that I would have liked Vernon if I lived back then. I can't, you know, I can't say that I would. You know, me today, yeah, I like him. But me back then, I'm not sure if I would like him if I lived back then. So anyway, she gets offered this position at Alabama State University, okay? 
So she moves down there. And for a while, he stayed in Virginia until he was like, okay, let me just go down here and see what Alabama talking about. Let me see what they hidden all down there. He gets down there. And in 1948, you know, he preaches a sermon at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. If that church sounds familiar, here's why. Dexter Avenue Baptist Church was the church that Martin Luther King Jr. preached at. Okay, and you're going to see how they are interconnected in a second. So he does, you know how you have like guest preachers come through, do a sermon here and there, especially if a church is looking for a new pastor. You know, you have a ton of guest preachers come in and the congregation kind of gets a feel for who they are as a person and how they preach and sees if they like them or not. Apparently, the people at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church liked Vernon Johns. They liked what he had to say. They liked his sermon. Maybe he was keeping it cute while he was still um, under the test phase because they got him to lead their flock. They hired him as the preacher there. Mm, Did not last very long. Okay, so here's the thing. Vernon was uh, not with it, okay? Vernon was not with Jim Crow. He was not with um, segregation. He was not with uh, all of the brutalities and discrimination and everything that black people were facing at the time. He was not with it. And he wasn't someone that was going to hold his tongue about it. He was very vocal about issues that were happening within the community. So keep in mind, this is the 40s, the 1940s and 1950s. This is almost the height and peak of the civil rights movement. He became heavily involved in the civil rights movement. And the people of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church did not like that. He used to do um, very controversial sermons. Like one of the topics of one of his sermons was, it is safe to kill Negroes in Montgomery. His congregation had a fit when he did that, and he did so many more um, um, sermons like that. So they weren't feeling it. The people that were attending Dexter Avenue Baptist Church were middle-class people, middle-class black people who just wanted to go to their jobs, wherever they worked at, and go home, take care of their kids, you know, raise their kids. They weren't trying to get involved in civil rights. They weren't trying to plan bus boycotts. They weren't trying to do anything. They were just trying to keep their head down, stay focused on their life and their children, and that's it, And you know, and go to church, and that's it. Now, I'm not saying that... No, I'm going to keep my opinion on that to myself. So he used to be going through it with his congregation, basically. Now, remember I told you that his father was a farmer and Vernon grew up working on his father's farm. He loved farming. And, you know, you could take the boy off the farm, but you can't take the farming out of the boy. He would take um, produce and have produce outside of the church so that when people are exiting the church, there's like produce out of there for them to buy or sell, you know, pick over whatever they needed, right? They did not like that. They were like, boy, what are you doing out here with this corn? Where are you going with these greens? Get these greens from out in front of the church. You're making us look bad. And I I could just hear them in my head saying that. But they didn't like that. They just felt like it lowered the image of their church. And they were middle class black people, okay? That's why I told y'all earlier, don't get offended about what I may say during this episode. But I'm trying to watch my words carefully. Um, if you notice, (laughs) so they didn't like this, 
Now, if you are thinking to yourself, well, how in the world, you know, did they not like this when Martin Luther King was the pastor of their church? I'm not understanding. Listen, I didn't understand either until later. So one day, Vernon Johns, he gets on this bus. He's on the bus with his daughter. His daughter, I believe his daughter was a teacher at this time. And there were several black people on the bus, on the back of the bus, on their way to work and, you know, going where they had to go. He pays his money, but he refuses to sit in the back of the bus. The bus driver is like, boy, get your behind to the back so I can move this bus. And Vernon is like, no, I'm not. And the bus driver is like, yes, you are, or this bus is not going anywhere. And he's like, okay, well, I'll get off if you give me a refund. They refused to give him a refund, and his daughter, his own daughter, and the black people on the back of the bus were, like, just telling him, come on, get off. Like, we have places to be. This is too much. You're doing a lot. Calm down. Just get off. Let us go to work. Let us go to school. Let us go pick up these groceries. Like, they were not having it about a bus boycott, and Vernon was left out there alone, and that happened a lot in Vernon's life and I did feel very bad for him because I just felt like he was trying to make a stand for something and he didn't have enough support from his own people to do it you know there is truth to the saying there's power in numbers that is so true and when you're out there by yourself yeah you can make a wave here and there but it's much more effective when you have several people making the wave with you that's how you work up you know a tsunami basically now in addition to this instance Vernon had other you know things occurring in his life where he was trying his hardest to stand up for black folks and it just was not working for him so here's a quote from an article that I was reading and it says um Johns was so lost in the end he pursued eminently just that he could not see a suitable means to achieve that end he alienated both the whites and blacks who were impassioned advocates of civil rights at a convention of white and black preachers in Baltimore in 1960 Johns objected to a talk by a white White minister quote the thing that disappoints me about the southern white church is that it spends all of its time dealing with jesus after the cross instead of dealing with jesus before the cross i don't give a d what happened to jesus after the cross end quote though he might have been right the comment offended almost all present again aiming to democratize the elitism of du bois W.E.B. Du Bois, he asked in effect that all blacks in their own way to be a part of the talented tenth, and he was asking too much of them. At Dexter, um, he earned the reputation of being a militant guy. He exhorted the congregation like a whirlwind to get involved in social issues. Martin Luther King Jr. later wrote that Johns was a fearless man. He often chided the congregation for sitting up so proudly with their academic degrees and yet lacking the very thing the degrees should confer. That is self-respect. One of his basic theses was that any individual who submitted willingly to injustice did not really deserve more justice. And Martin Luther King wrote that, not me. 
<laughs> the article continues and says that Johns was a critical figure in the push for racial equality, chiefly because he was not merely a pusher, but also a shover, never afraid of offending others, chiefly the whites with whom he sought equality. He challenged Jim Crow laws by bringing to trial whites accused of raping blacks, sitting with whites in the front of a bus and entering white only restaurants. He also consistently offended black students and parishioners by demanding of them certain deeds um that only a person of bulky courage vision and abilities like he could do though a critical figure he was never politically mainstream in the civil rights movement he was kept from political involvement in racial injustice because while he praised many blacks literary and intellectual achievements he rallied against general black indifference to um or non-involvement in civic issues so basically he was like we're not gonna talk about it we're gonna be about it and if you're not gonna be about it get away from me that was his stance on the entire movement and I respect it I respect it wholeheartedly eventually um he and the congregation did split he resigned you know they were aggravated with the man and he was aggravated with them you know he on one side he's like Y'all are sitting here every Sunday just going through the motions. You're saying you love the Lord, but what about our people? We need to do something about this. And then you have the congregation on the other side. And I'm sure it wasn't the entire congregation, but mostly, you know, they are well-educated. They've been to college. They've been to school. Um, They have, at the time, nice, air quotes, jobs. They are just trying to lay low and be safe and keep from getting killed out here. So I understand both sides of the token, but I do wish that his congregation would have gotten more involved. But the kicker here is that after he resigned, immediately following him, Dexter Avenue chose Martin Luther King to lead their church. And is it like jumping out of the frying pan into the fire? Like, by choosing MLK right after him, did they jump out of the frying pan into the fire? I'm sure some of them felt that way at the time, but I'm going to say this. I'm thankful for Vernon Johns because if it had not been for him, I'm not sure that Martin Luther King Jr. would have been able to do the things that he did, you know, eventually for the civil rights movement. Vernon Johns, gave him that um like that swagger that model to follow you know and he basically warmed up the congregation for Martin Luther King Jr. to come later on and lead you know the civil rights movement especially through Dexter Avenue Baptist Church so let us remember Vernon Johns and pay him just as much respect as we paid Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when we talk about civil rights and the achievement of black people Vernon Johns was about it Vernon Johns was my kind of person I love people that not just talk about what they want to do but be about what they want to do like don't tell me show me you know (laughs) Vernon Johns was that kind of man and I respect it so much so that's all that's the end of our black history series um, but don't worry, you're gonna have the other podcast. But I am really happy to get back to talking about what we need to talk about on this podcast, which is like the culture, our life, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I'm excited, but stay tuned. Right after this, we're gonna have Shakira's Keys.
All right, guys, so Shakira's Keys are a new section of the podcast where I want to give you something to keep with you throughout the week, to remember, to hold dear and near to your heart when you feel like you just need something to hold on to. Here it is. So this week, um, this morning, I was reading my devotional and the devotional, the name of the book is called Acts of Faith. It is Meditations and Affirmations for People of Color. It is by Iyanla Van Zandt. Highly recommend five stars. Um, And today's affirmation, I read it before I went out and did what I had to do this morning. And it was talking about um, having a mission. You know, seems fair enough, right? Like, okay, yeah, mission statement. People talk about mission statements all the time. So when I graduated from undergrad, um, one of the things that they drilled in our head was businesses every business it does not matter small business or large should have a mission statement the mission statement is the thing that you know the business is always going to have to align everything they do with that so if I have a business and my mission statement is to bring people the best food ever everything I do with my business should align with bringing people the best food ever and whenever something comes across that does not align with that mission then you shouldn't do it so in today's um devotional it was talking about people individuals should have a mission and it got me thinking because I was like what is my mission what do I want to have to align everything I do with and I, you know, I'm still thinking about that one and we might have a entirely different, you know, a whole episode dedicated to developing a mission statement as a purpose as a person, because I feel like it is so important. But I want you all to think about that this week. Think about what your mission is. And it doesn't have to be something big and extreme like it doesn't have to be to bring joy to the world because I mean you're not going to touch every single person in the world let's be realistic here um but think about something that you feel you want to have as your mission and I'm not talking about your purpose that's completely different we've talked about purpose on this podcast several times your mission and your purpose are not the same thing what do you want to have in your life that you want everything you do to align with think about that this week and I'm making you a promise that next week we are going to talk about how to develop your mission and how to align the things you do in your life every day hopefully with the mission that you develop for yourself as a person i love you all stay safe be blessed throughout this week i'll catch you all next week in next week's episode of say it with me the carefree and black diaries stay black stay carefree bye guys